energy. I'm not talking Lotto with the big D energy. Oh. Because the Badgers definitely didn't have any of the big D energy on Saturday. In fact, Keanu Benton, he was talking about energy. Family? <laughs> he says the team gave up when they went down three points. Take a listen. You know, that's not the, the character of this W that we wear on our chest. Um, in all the years I've been playing here, I've never seen something like that. I felt like we just, at a point, it was like we'd given up. Isn't that kind of alarming to hear? He also says he tried to give energy on the sidelines, but the guys looked at him like he was crazy. Like dropping nuts, you know. We, we didn't have an edge. It kind of made me mad that I'm trying to get everybody going and people are just looking at me like I'm crazy. I, I, I don't like that. So I was trying on defense side of the ball, and I said, you know what? Let me go to this O-line. They're looking a little dead. They're not talking to each other. They're jumping outside. Tried to get some, some passion in their heads, you know, and we still didn't come away with the wins. Like dropping nuts. <laughs> can that just can you clip that and let's make that a drop? <laughs> I also find it a little bit worrisome when he says something like that because Keanu Benton, good player, but it's not like he's necessarily been on great teams. Like yeah. Wisconsin in 2020, 2021, I think a lot of people would say would was disappointing. You would am say, I am I wrong on I, that? I would say that, Rowdy, I think they would say that team was like dropping nuts. Like the last time I think of Wisconsin football being like a good team, I think of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Peanuts. Most of his career has been spent on teams that I would say were underachieving. And for him to say something like that, that there was no energy, that uh, basically they quit. And they looked like he was crazy when he tried to fire him up. That 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 line should have puked a lot. That sounds. In fact, here's more. Keanu Benton says he's really upset with the lack of energy they showed on Saturday after going to my three more vision. The thing I'm most pissed about is as a team, kind of, when we got down by three, I felt like we lost our energy. And that's not like us. And it kind of pissed me off that even though we're down by three, jump around, we're not jumping around. That's our tradition. This is our thing. They have more fun than us out there. So that was one thing that kind of made me mad. Although losing makes me mad, but just things that we could have controlled, we didn't. I've never heard a Badger talk about a team like this. One one thing I will say, even I, even I, in the in the years where he's talking about how bad yeah. they've been, I've never heard anyone talk about the Badgers like this. One From thing the I team. will say, normally, if Wisconsin's losing, you don't see him jump around. But with Benton saying that, yeah, that's what players saw when they looked over and saw a team heading into the fourth quarter with even the slimmest margin of uh, of winning, they would, the teams I was a part of, would get pissed. And it's like, look at them. They think they have this one. And that's when... Who was an absolute murderer when you were there? Uh, I mean, Bernie was one of the guys. Bernstein? And, and I mean, he's oh, one of the guys. Um, I could see him just getting the fire in his eye. Dante Sanders was one where he'd be like, oh, they think they have this. They think they have it. You had guys getting in each other's faces and telling them to drop nuts <laughs> and and get out there and murder somebody for thinking they have us beat yeah. and them doing our tradition. And, yeah, I, I agree with Benton there. That's crazy. But, like, if you're losing, you're not jumping around. So, like, I'm okay with the team not jumping around sure, during sure. jump around. Okay. 
Rowdy? What I'm not okay with is the lack of effort yeah, like, you put out after watching He's trying them. to fire them up yeah. to get that murderous look in your eye, and, and they're like, well, they look like, like I'm crazy. Yeah. Dave from Monona messages in here and oh, says, here I rest my case. When you're being paid, there's no passion, desire, heart, discipline. NIL. When will you ever listen to me? You can't play. This coming meant, from the guy who said anything good that happens in a game needs to be stricken because they would have lost. You can't pay players and expect the same level of desire and passion. Well, speaking of desire and passion, there you go, Dave. Uh, Keanu Benton says, they fought through adversity all offseason to prepare prepare for this, and when it hit them in the face, they gave up. Throughout this whole practice, throughout winter, summer conditioning, we've been doing stuff to handle adversity. Like, we'll be done with the whole workout, and coach will be like, oh, you thought you were done? The adversity's hit, so we got some more running to do. And I feel like we've been handling it good, but then when it happens in the game with three points, field goal away, just kind of shut down, and I don't, I don't like the way guys did that. This is crazy. I have never heard something like this from a player from the Badgers. I'm going to say this. He, I'm pretty sure he's clearly just talking about the offense. Like, you gave up 17 points, yeah, and all those points came off of short fields that weren't really the defensive's fault, except for maybe the interception fumble that put it, gave him a first down, and then you couldn't stop. These comments are wild. Though. When I predicted the score for the game, I guess 38-21. I thought that that back door could definitely be open and it might not even take that. Washington State probably keeps it within 17. It just had that feel to it. I said 35-17 when I meant 30. But what I'm getting at with that comment is Washington State straight up won the game with 17 points. I I thought that they would barely be covering after scoring 21. Yeah. Therefore, the Wisconsin <laughs> offense was clearly a huge letdown. But yeah. it wasn't Graham Mertz, though. That's the thing. Like, Mertz was good. It was, yeah, it was the running game that failed you. Like, but, but we're then, living in bizarro world. But then the weird thing is, a team that had seven sacks the week before was held to one. And their pass protection was okay. When was the last time you think you'd say... This Wisconsin O-line cannot run block. We live in bizarro world. Yeah. All right. Well, I think another thing is, when is the last time as a Wisconsin Badgers fan that you've looked at these rosters the last few years and said, man, some of our weaker points is the offensive line. Whether it be the philosophy of putting your best five offensive linemen, no matter what position they play on the field, or the best true center at center and the best true left tackle at left tackle. Something is clearly wrong because the stars and the talent don't add up to the performance you're seeing on the field. Uh, we'll talk more about it coming up. We've got Grant Bills around the way. One, one last thing, you know, how they do like the um, pro football focus, like grades yeah. now kind of in college football. There's, always, there's always a Wisconsin badger yeah. on them. What I'm getting at is, we used to see like the entire offensive line be high to a, you know above average to like high you'd have two quality. guys in the top five yeah on a weekly basis yeah. now you're seeing like one guy that's like got high quality yeah. one guy out of the five on the line yeah it's very strange very strange we'll talk more about it coming up Grant Bills and run the way phone lines oof. line one good morning morning nope. one second kid line two good morning. Hey, it's Mark from Madison. Hey, Mark, hey, Mark. what's up? Dude? Were you partying? Hey. Did I see you partying with Drew Bledsoe? I, yes, I did. 
Yeah. How the hell did I you get teamed up with Drew Bledsoe? Well, um, he was by our tailgate, and I just walked by, and all I had to do was mention my teammate Tim Crumrine, and he, oh, boy. You know, so that that was an end. So, uh, what was Drew Bledsoe doing in Madison? He's a, he's a Washington State grad. He's a oh, that's right. Oh, I totally thought he was, forgot yeah. about that. Mark, I thought he was there to party with you, dude. Well, you know, I put the invite out, and he showed up anyway, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's sweet. You know? Sweet. I forgot about that. I also, I also ran in your buddy Bernstein, too. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't real happy. You know what? I get. I, I usually don't call and complain about stuff like this, but it almost reminds me. I was up at Minnesota last year. It was pretty eerie, and similar to the Minnesota game last year. Ugh. Don't you tell know, that to Rowdy. Yeah, remember, well, I know it was they went on it and fourth. You know, they punted on the. I know. I don't want to get Rowdy going. Is right. No, it's, but, more, uh, it's more than just that. <laughs> that punt. We're all. I, that game still gets us all going. Punt. I'm throwing rowdy softballs, but I don't want to get them going. But <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a pretty similar type of game to me. Um, you know, they needed some big plays. People were complaining the week before about, oh, oh big plays, take away all – oh, we know he said it, but take away all those big plays and you got nothing. Well, we could use some of those big plays yeah, last yep, week, you know. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Mark, so, as, a, as a guy who played for the Badgers – at a high level, when you hear comments like you know Keanu Benton saying "There's no energy, we gave up." What does that? What does that? How does that make you feel? Well, that's that's you know that, that's a little disappointing. Um, I, I think you know it, it's tough. It, it, it's their first couple games, these guys. So yeah. I, I can see where they're you know they're worried about. A lot of these guys are worried about making mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't get too aggressive because you're you're worried about jumping off sides or making the wrong play and stuff like that. But that, that usually lasts for about a quarter. Then you got to pick it up, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Balls to the floor or whatever he said, or pants <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> the, drop, uh, nuts. drop nuts. <laughs> drop nuts. Oh, drop nuts. Drop nuts. Well, good for him. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know coaches probably don't like that he's calling people out in the public, but, you know. Hey, we, we we like it. We like it. Who we on like your it. team was the, was the guy who did that? Yeah, who on your team beside you? You probably dropped nuts too. But who well, dropped some nuts on your team? Well, we had a guy. We had a guy named John Westfall who was a, he was a he was a special teams guy, and he would get around and get in people's faces, you know. And and um, Cromer would just look at you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that I would drop nuts because I, I just look at us. You know, like, oh, probably should do something. Oh, oh. Yeah, Dave Aaron's from uh, Oregon, Wisconsin. He was a uh, he was intense. Yeah. So um, a bunch of yeah, nut droppers. Oh yeah. A lot of a lot of nut- David Greenwood. Forget about yeah. it. <laughs> Forget <laughs> about it. Hey Mark, Boy. we love you, man. Yeah, nice okay, hearing guys. from you. Always a pleasure, buddy. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still gonna try to get over there again. Um, well, I'm not gonna week, be there so. this Saturday, but oh, that's right. That's uh, yeah, right. I have a, my oh. brother's wedding, so that's right. Doogie, huh? Uh, di- different brother. This is Thor Sanity. This is a different one. But Rowdy, okay. Rowdy will be there with Ben, so you can you can see those guys. We can okay. drop nuts with them. Okay. All right. That sounds cool. They were they were great to me. Also, they were. Well, Marcus, because you're a great guy. You're the man. That's, That's why. A team effort. I didn't, I didn't have to call any of those guys out. <laughs> hey, have a good day, Mark. We love hey, you. Hey, hey, yeah. have a great time. Have a great time at the wedding. And I don't know if you saw it. I sent you some pictures from the old neighborhood too last week. Uh, do it. Yep, yep. I saw him. I'm okay, looking. I, I don't want to get too personal. Have a great wedding. Okay, guys, right, let's see go. You. See you, buddy. See you. Uh, line three, good morning. Holy buckets, I got to follow. Mark. Oh, Billy! <laughs> What's up, Bill? Well, I don't know what to say now. I have no... I have, just drop, I have a Bill, just you got drop to, nuts. Just drop nuts, baby. Just drop nuts. <laughs> 
Hey, you know what my question is with all this going on, and you guys touched on it, and that's why I called, when you guys touched on the offensive line, do you remember about four or five years ago when the whole offensive line was supposed to go in the first round before the season? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. fell apart. Yep. And I think the best it, one out of that group went like the third round. Right. And you know what, what's happened to our offensive? I mean, that was all, everything was built on that. What's happened since then that we, is it the quality of the players? Is it the coaching? I don't know. See, the stars I, I have only went up. The stars in recruiting have only went up, yet the talent on the field has only went down. You know, I've, I've never called in about this, but I'm telling you what, it's time to move on from Paul Chris. I, I hate to say that. Um, he is not. He's lost too many games that he should have won. And Joe Barry should follow him out the door. Whoa! Oh. Big in the Packers, too. You are the 12th person in the last, not even two days, to call yeah. for the, uh, the removal of Paul Christ. I don't, and you know what? I love Paul Christ. I love Paul Christ, but his message, it just doesn't seem to be resonating anymore. Something's it's, going on. Yep. And, uh, Bill, before I let you go, by the way, nice to hear from you. It's been a bit. Before I let you go, how are we feeling after that Vikings loss for the Packers? Are you going to be, I mean, besides wanting the Joe Barry to leave, too, uh, are you going to be okay with the Packers? What do you think? Well, you know what? I think the Packers are going to recover. Um, I'm on my way down to Kenosha right now, mm-hmm. and I lost you guys for about 10 minutes. I was listening to another radio show on something we talked about. They were, but they talked about LaFleur not being able to make adjustments, Joe Barry not being able to make adjustments. And I'm not saying the Packers aren't going to have a winning record for the year, but you know what? That coaching staff has got to get better. It just has to get better to, for them to own defense against yeah. Jefferson. <laughs> and feel, really? <laughs> Even I know you can't do that, right? And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm a nothing. <laughs> hey, you're dropping nuts on over the line. That's what you are, Bill. Come on. Oh. Anyways, I, 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 uh, I guess we'll have to find something else to do. This is what's going to happen, right? <laughs> We're glutton for punishments. We'll come back for more. Bill, we love you, buddy. Nice to hear from you. Take care, guys. Bye. G-Dub says, I agree with Dave. Been saying this for a bit. What about the kicker? He didn't have an NIL deal, and he duffed two. Yeah, but he got a scholarship. (laughs) At least least the first try had the distance. How big of a loss was it for Wisconsin-Washington State? Was it really a doom of the season? Did you really think that they were going to get... Uh, I'm sure you didn't because we have Ohio State coming up and that was probably going to be a loss. But how big of a loss is it for the Wisconsin Badgers in the grand scheme of things? Did you have it as a loss? I did not. I didn't either. Well, I shouldn't ask. Ohio, well, Ohio State, let's, realistically, I'll, I'll, I'll stop my Wisconsin stick. They're losing to Ohio State. They'll probably lose to Michigan State. At the end of the day, Wisconsin wasn't getting into the college football playoffs. Right? I think we all can agree on that, right? Odd said that they didn't have a good shot. How big of a loss was it against Washington State? I saw one young Ben Kenny have this Twitter pull out yesterday. Which was the bigger loss? Washington State on Saturday or last season against Notre Dame? Or hell, maybe even go last season against Penn State. Which is a bigger loss? We'll go Ben's Twitter poll. Notre Dame or Washington State on Saturday? Bigger loss for me would be Washington State. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. First reason, 
There was a little bit of revenge from Notre Dame in the fact that Jack Cohn was the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. The guy that they basically said, we're fine with Graham Mertz. We'll see you later. And he transferred Notre Dame, right? Yeah. That's one. Two, Notre Dame was already the better team, correct? It was neutral field. It was a. It what was, was the a spread on that, you remember? Uh, I think they were slightly favored. Notre Dame was, but what I'm getting at is Notre Dame was already the better team and it was on a neutral site. Normally when you're playing neutral site games, they're against better teams, right? Yeah. That's like when you see Alabama or LSU, we'll throw Notre Dame in there and three Notre Dame recruits at a higher level than Wisconsin does every single year. So how about, what about Penn state then replace Notre Dame with Penn state last year? It's extremely disappointing, too. Same thing. Yeah. You have a Penn State team that is always seen as being better than you. You were right there and could not do anything correctly in that game and still were just a normal handoff. Ben just told me Wisconsin was favored in that game against Notre Dame. He just texted me. Whatever. Don't care. Notre Dame is clearly <laughs> a better program, clearly recruits better players. So could you make the case that it's more of a painful loss? I mean, you had that game until the fourth quarter unraveled. This is why this is a worse loss from Washington State. This is a bigger loss to me. You lost to a team that coming into this season, according to some power rankings, was seen as the 77th best team in the country. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin started in the top 25. Mm Mm-hmm. You would say Wisconsin football recruits at a higher level than Washington State. We just talked about yep. how, you know, the offensive line, four or five star recruits, they got all this talent. They're starting to get more four stars. Graham Mertz is a four or five star quarterback. They're bringing in more stars the last few years, and it's not translating. Washington State doesn't do that. We're talking about Washington State's coach. We had no idea who he was until the week of. And, oh, yeah, it turns out he's from Wisconsin. If he was some big-time coach like, I don't know, Urban Meyer was at Ohio State. Or, you know what I'm getting at? Like, some big name. You know their background. He clearly isn't a big name because we didn't even know he was from Wisconsin until the week of. Hell, his wife is from Stoughton, and you're from Stoughton. Didn't even know that till two <laughs> days before. Okay, well, okay. How about that Penn State game, though? I mean, if Graham Mertz made some plays, i.e., handed the ball off do to Ches Malusi, do you remember? They win that game. Do you remember anyone after Penn State or Notre Dame calling out their teammates publicly? No. Like Keanu Benton after Washington State? Keanu Benton, one of the leaders of their defense, just called out the entire team. And yes, if you read between the lines, it was probably towards the offense. I wonder how to think. Like It's a horrible loss. Yeah, it's not good. In the grand You scheme, were favored by 17 and a half. And Paul Chris has now won three times to 17 or more uh, as a favorite, uh, as a coach. Three times. Illinois, BYU, Washington State. Oh, yeah. And did, do you really think Washington State proved so much in their first game after being power ranked by some publications of the seven, 77th best team in the country no. from beating Idaho? No. The Idaho Vandals. No. Which, by the way, Indiana just beat Idaho last weekend. Yeah, they did. That's, that's a bummer. I'm trying to think of when the Wisconsin Badger football program seemed to be on the come up. And this is after the Orange Bowl. Uh, Alex Hornibrook is the Orange Bowl MVP. I, I know it's crazy to say and think about. Like you felt like there was this 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 movement of the Badgers going forward. 
that's why I think maybe you can look at the Notre Dame game or the Penn State game and say it's. I'm not saying it's the worst loss, but you could look at it that way, saying I thought we were on the come up. Oh, and they were. Once you, once you meet the teams that are there, you. They were. Look at the look at the recruiting classes. That I think that's Wisconsin. why it hurts more because your 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 dreams are shattered a little more of getting to that next step. Washington State, you're already down kind of in the dirt a little bit. Now they just shove you in your face in the mud a little more. Look at Wisconsin's recruiting classes since 2018. I believe was it Logan Brown. Who was the? I don't remember the exact year, but it's got to be right around 2018 that Logan Brown, Graham Mertz, all those type of higher profile players started getting recruited. Yep. Now they're here. Where's the wins? There, it didn't happen on Saturday. One, 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 one there. And I go back through Washington State and I look at their schedule and. I don't know if they even get to eight wins this year. And that's playing in the Pac-12. Pac-12 isn't known for being some great physical conference like the Big Ten or SEC has in the last... When's the last time the Pac-12 was great? (laughs) 10, 15 years ago? When USC was USC and Aaron Rodgers was at Cal and UCLA was pretty... like The Pac-12 and the Big 12 haven't stood up next to the big 10 and the sec for a handful of years now. And I'm looking at their schedule and I don't think they can get to eight wins. You lost to them at home as a 17 and a half point favorite. It's a horrible loss. So more people now saying Rowdy, Paul Chris has to go. And then you see and hear these comments from Keanu Benton talking about how he was trying to rile the team up when they were down three. And he says, everyone gave up. You know, that's not, the, the character of this W that we wear on our chest. Um, in all the years I've been playing here, I've never seen something like that. I felt like we just, at a point, it was like we'd given up. Benton, Benton said he's on the sidelines trying to fire everyone up. He said they looked like a, like he was crazy. Like dropping nuts, you know. We, we didn't have an edge. It kind of made me mad that I'm trying to get everybody going and people are just looking at me like I'm crazy. I, I, I don't like that. So I was trying on defense side of the ball, and I said, you know what? Let me go to this old line. They looking a little dead. They're not talking to each other. They're jumping outside. Try to get some some passion in their heads, you know. And we still didn't come away with the wins. Does a head coach and his demeanor? No, they say you know trickle down, right? Like the coach has got to answer for everything. Does his demeanor trickle down to the lack of energy? I don't care. Now I'm not calling for Paul Chris to be fired right no, now. Neither am I. And you know, there's some interim coach that'll be coaching against New Mexico State this weekend. Jim Leonard. B- but what I'm getting at is. If they have another bad year, like six and six, seven and five, where this team was expected to win nine games, you would say that that's probably three straight seasons of underwhelming football dating back to 2020. Yeah. Yet you still have some of the most higher rated recruits at the quarterback position on the offensive line. Braylon Allen's the running back. We know that this defense is what it is. Jim Leonard is the defensive coordinator. Wouldn't you have to ask yourself, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Is is it stale? Is this Mike McCarthy 2018 stale? Did you just compare Chris to Big Mike? Like, I, I would never, ever fire Paul Christ for being a Wisconsin guy, for being, you know, a, a badger for life, right? Yeah. He, he is a Wisconsin man. I would never fire him in season. I would give him the respect. You wouldn't give him the Nebraska Frost treatment? In the office and be like, hey, we kind of want to go a different direction. We think things have gone stale. I'd never fire him 
in season. Is Paul Chris? But if you get to three straight years of being pretty average with team and, yeah, and players that I were supposed it. to be better, you got to at least ask the question. Is Paul Chris still the head coach of the Badgers when the college football playoff expands as early as 2024? Let's see how this. Let's that, see. Was a, that was a long pause. Well, well, think about it. Think about it. That was this, a long pause. This year, say they finish seven and five, you would say pretty disappointing. Yeah. Then next year, Graham Mertz comes back as this twenty-nine-year-old kid <laughs> that they said still has promise. And now that's obviously humor, but he's what going to be twenty-two, twenty-three next year? Yeah. I'm sorry, he's not Brandon Whedon. He didn't play. Ah. He didn't play professional baseball. See, Taysom Hill, did he go to Mormon yeah, mission? He didn't have a Mormon mission like Taysom Hill. He's been there for freaking ever. I'm, he's not peaking. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if they struggled again yeah. and again. Well, what if Mertz isn't the problem? Because Mertz well, wasn't the problem on Saturday. Well, the other thing that's the problem is you haven't recruited any quarterbacks to replace yeah. his ass. That's true. So who's going to replace him? Where's the transfer portal at? Hell, where's the campus tryout? Where's the <laughs> Well, it's like you don't have anyone. Yeah, it's it's Deacon bare. Hill is the guy that's been there the second longest. He can't even win the backup role. Well, I mean, Miles Burkett came like a couple months after he did. It wasn't like a year. Was he not there second? It was like two months before him. Don't care. He was there second. <laughs> like, I know. And we'll talk about it more coming up, all right? The it's, offensive line is just a huge disaster. You, you seriously. Well, I mean, it's a disaster right now. You lost to Washington State. Like you lost to Washington State. Yeah, and if you come back next season after going six and six, seven and five this year, and you have another underwhelming year where Graham Mertz say doesn't perform to the level that everyone thought he would be, as they say he's you know his stock is rising. But I think you have to. That'd be four straight years. That's crazy. It's crazy. Four straight years of being mediocre. Yeah, it's not. Especially when how close we were with Alex Hornibrook of winning the Orange Bowl and getting closer and closer to becoming a. Mm. What what did I say to you? How long do we have Hornibrook. to watch? How long do we have to watch Craig Council manage the Brewers if they continue to be mediocre to you know wild card type teams till the end of time? Well, he's got a Wisconsin story. He's a Wisconsin guy. Same thing with Paul Christ. How long do you have to watch Paul Christ be mediocre with this Badger program? If they Brody, do have another seven and five, six gotta, and six, you got to word it differently. How long do we have to appreciate the opportunity of Paul Chris being the coach of the Badgers? That's how you got to word it. I'm not ready to fire him now, but you, you look up, you wake up two years from now, and it's six and six, seven and five. How long do we have to appreciate the opportunity? Line one. Good morning. Who's this? You have the appreciation to talk to the pipeline from the north. My right man now. Troy. Hey, thanks for waiting on hold a little bit, Troy. What's up, brother? Long time no talk. We miss you. Put on hold. God, I took a nap listening to Rowdy. Oh, we were getting in, we were getting inspired. You know, Badgers Badgers loss to Washington State brings out the. <clears throat> yeah, I was uh, out in Seattle for a couple of weeks and uh, got back to see my first action. And oh my God, uh, it was so. You know, the reason it was frustrating to me was it was so uncharacteristic. Some of the things we did um, in that game, a lot of holding penalties at bad times and interceptions, and we fumbled it. Um, Holding calls just came at bad times after big plays, and it was just frustrating, frustrating. I'm kind of a guy of faith, though, and I, it was kept on happening. And I, I was saying, this isn't meant to be today. We're not going to win this game. We're not. It's not meant to be because we keep on fudging things up. But um, nice stuff. I, I'm not. I'm not jumping on the Paul Chris fire band. No, at no, all. I'm not there either. Not at all. Well, there's a lot of people on it, though. Yeah, I know. Yesterday, you're we're up to we're up to thir- twelve or thirteen people now. <laughs> 
Yeah, they were ripped less on than, the, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't think that's the answer, but uh how, Brody, I don't think you gave enough credit to the negative beat that we got when they got a delay of game call coming out of a timeout. <laughs> now, if that ain't middle school, I don't know what is. And uh that that, that was like big time frustration. Um and then that, that field goal kicker, that guy's Don't don't get me mm. Hey, you know what? That guy his his uh second field goal that he hit oh the, the, the pellets, that's like my golf swing hitting the back of the ball. It was yeah, terrible. that's after it's... a twelve pack on the front nine. <laughs> <laughs> it was just oh boy, it was tough, but hey, we already are into Tuesday here and uh hey. like Already, we're ready to. Okay, what does can Wisconsin do anything to impress you and make you feel better against New Mexico State? Do they have to beat them by sixty? Would you feel better? No, not not sixty. Forty would be adequate <laughs> for me. But but you know what? Then Ohio State comes to town and yeah, and, you get beat uh, by sixty. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll play them probably competitive, but we'll lose. Watch Wisconsin like beat them in some kind of weird, shocking, bizarro world, and all of a sudden that, that, that would make us even. That yeah. would be a little karma right there, but. Yeah. Good to hear you guys. Much love, uh, Troy. Glad you made it back from uh, Seattle. Uh, uh. Where the Grant, where the Grant, where the Bills at? Hey, Grant Bills and Let's Go Sports Show. What's up, dog? Good morning. God, it's good to hear your guys' voice. Wow. It's even better to hear yours, Grant. Well, I heard it last night, but it's better just to speak to you. Mano e mano, knuckle to knuckle. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, Grant. Yes. How was your Sunday? I uh, saw your, again, I happen to see and remember this tweet. I'm not on your Twitter account right now, but it said, I make poor life decisions. And you were uh, under a bunch of, uh, I saw umbrellas and those like garbage bag, like, you know, things you put over yourself when it's raining. A poncho? Yeah, thank you, a poncho. <laughs> yeah, a garbage bag thing. I couldn't remember the, a poncho. No, I've done it before where I've taken a garbage bag American I Family Field. a poncho. I made, I took zone banners and made a poncho once you in have, the back I game. was there. How was... The American Family Field experience from raining outside to inside watching the Brewers win to the Packers and the debacle in U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, the brewery was actually a blast. We took a shuttle from a bar, so we were there in short order. Didn't have to walk too oh, far. Nice. We waited in the rain for a little while, but we all had jackets and umbrellas. You know, we're grown and adults. And playing ahead. Yeah. And then once we got inside, the game was awesome. So Rowdy hit a couple of bombs, and Willie Thomas hit a big, uh, a big homer, and Brandon Woodruff had six great innings. And then we left in the top of the seventh and didn't miss any of the Packer game. Uh, although I, we might as well have stayed because we didn't really miss much with the Packer game. But the, the Brew game, Steve, was really fun. It was all closed up and cozy in there. It kind of felt like a night game because the panels and the roof were closed, mm. the big lights were on. It was, it, the Brew game was actually a blast. A lot more fun than the Packer game. Wow. And I, you know, I did miss some. I did miss some football games live in the moment, but, you know, you can catch up on those. I had to drive yeah. back to lacrosse, so I, yeah. you know, was able to catch up. It was fine. So, Grant, Ebo and I were kind of uh, questioning a lot of people that were going to the Milwaukee Brewer That's game over week one of the Green Bay Packers. Now, looking back on that, we may have been the idiots because the Packers looked awful. And I swear to God, like one out of every 10 people that I talked to were attending that yeah. Brewer game. Yeah. So was it sold out? Yeah, was it that lit? had to be a sellout. How lit was it? And did you get a Giannis bobblehead? I did get a Giannis bobblehead. I mean, it was it was a, maybe a little busier than I expected for week one, especially with the weather as bad as it was. But it, it wasn't packed. It wasn't jammed. A lot of empty seats around us. We were right down behind the dugout. We didn't really pay that much for our tickets. I, I didn't think our seats were going to be that good when my buddy told so, me how much I owed him. Uh, we were, we were, I think, the dugout, yeah. 
Do you think you paid less for your tickets, and that's why the Brewers, uh, according to Cor- Corbin Burns, have not asked about an extension yet? Like they're too cheap? They don't want to give – you saw this, right, Adam McKelvey? Yeah, it broke during my show yesterday. I Here's what I don't get. The Brewers just need to fake it. They need to be better at faking it. Like at the deadline, they need yeah, to be like better at Bill's faking girlfriend. I get it. they care. Fake it. That's not true. Hi-yo! Don't tell people. Just kidding. That. I heard you're an Adonis. That's fine. Uh, You're an Adonis. I, look, I just I, I want the Brewers to be better faking it. That's all. Like at the deadline, just pretend that you're trying. Or in the offseason, like pretend you want to re-sign Corbin Burns and spend that money. Just just fake it. That'll go a long way. Brewers going to do it? They going to get the playoffs? Uh, if they do, I talked about this with Ben Kenny last week. If they do, it will be because there are other inept teams that are worse than them. Not because they do anything crazy. Although they, you know, they have some bad opponents. They also have some okay ones. There's a lot of home games, but these teams are decent. They got the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees and the Cardinals. So uh, I would, I would lean towards probably not, uh, probably not. Hope springs hope. eternal, Grant. Uh, how about the uh, Green Bay Packers? Are we concerned about them moving forward? Um, no. Uh, I mean, yesterday. See, here's the thing. Yesterday was a bummer, or Sunday, and there were a lot of bummer things to talk about. But then I got calls and texts on my show yesterday that said the Packers are now going to go 6-11, and 5-12. And, and I'm like, all right, come on, come on. Let's stay with me, everyone, no. here. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, no, we'll no. take it easy. means they could pick up I a think... good receiver in the draft. Hey. Hey, look, Watson dropped that pass, and that was a bummer. But yeah. Watson was open a lot on Sunday. Uh, so, yes, hey, go back and look I want to ask you about this. He was. I saw, yeah. I saw a Peter Bukaki tweet, and I saw Grant Bills responding to it. <laughs> And I, I feel like I feel like it. I know it's sarcasm, but I also feel like you. I know you don't care for Aaron Rodgers, kind of. So, is this, is this Grant Bills true. being sarcastic but also serious at the same time? Is Aaron Rodgers wasting Christian Watson's prime? Send tweet to Peter Bukaki. Of course, it was a joke, Ebo. Also, you know that, you know that meme. You know don't, that meme. That. You know that meme where it's like. Um, it's a guy just crying like tears of anger, but then he's got a mask over his face that so he looks like he's supposed to be happy. That's how I kind of feel you are with Rodgers. Just full disclosure. Uh, you know the meme I'm talking about? I can send it to you. I, I, I know the meme you're talking about. I, I think he's got to throw Watson the ball. He, I mean, he did. He, just, he, he did. If there's anything that's wasting Christian Watson's primes, it's his own hands. <laughs> Do you, do you guys understand what Twitter is? I swear to God, all of my no. Quotes, I said it. I, said, I, fe- I felt like it's, you were it's, joking. It's, it's Andrew Wagner, like it's jokes. Twitter is for jokes. Yeah, it's not this official document binding thing on Twitter. No, but I, look, Rogers, I, and this is we talked about this last night. I took a bunch of calls on this. I thought it was a good discussion on my show. Rogers is going to have to throw the ball to guys this year who are open, but he doesn't maybe trust. And I think that's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. I think there were times on Sunday where Rodgers kind of wanted to like draw something up and create his own play and run around. And I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to work this year. And I think he's going to have to throw it to guys like Watson and Dobbs even before maybe he trusts them one hundred percent. Who breaks? Under, there's going to be some drops. We're going to have to live with that. Who yeah. breaks under pressure more when they get uh, um, into a little hole? Aaron Rodgers or Matt Lafleur? Badgers. Badgers. Oh. um, well, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur? Because when they get down early, I mean, I don't, who does Matt LaFleur just crap the bed to focus on his eyebrows or what? I don't. Dude, what was that interception Rodgers threw to Cobb before half? What was that? I don't know. Is that, that, that's just kind of like I'm Cobb throwing a better this one. 
Cobb's also 32 years old and not good anymore. Maybe let's whoa, not throw whoa, him jump balls whoa, over Ageism. Ageism. Grand old. Ageism. That's my bad. I'm in my, my I'm 34. I've only gotten better with time. I mean, come on. So let's not be ageists around here. So, Grant, uh, Bears coming up here. Yeah, Rudy? We also keep Ebo in positions where he works well, though. We don't make him go run routes. <laughs> That's true. Hey, Grant. There you go. Well, I've seen Grant run around before. Hey, Grant. Wasn't that good. Grant. What's going to happen Sunday against the Bears? Primetime? Sunday Night Football? I think, that, I think the start of this season is going to be really similar to the start of last year. They lost ugly week one, and then they kind of start to get it in gear week two. They're going to beat the Bears like they beat the Lions, I think, last year. Like They, they beat the Lions at home, and it was on Monday Night Football, if you remember. And it, it was a little nerve-wracking, and it was a little clunky, but they eventually got it done. I think it'll be the same thing against the Bears. And then Tampa week three is is going to be... Uh, obviously a huge test, but I, I think they'll they'll beat Chicago and they'll still be working out some kinks on Sunday night, but they will win, very similar to week two last year. And Grant, uh, before I let you go, and we recommend everyone listen to the Wisco Sports Show 4-6, to six, absolutely incredible. Grant, before I let you go, though, something that yeah. you and I both definitely agree on, Russell Wilson is such a weirdo. This guy is so strange. You. He's such a bizarre man. Nano bubbles. His wife is smoking hot, don't get me wrong, but he is such a strange... Man, how glad you were to see not only Russell Wilson lose, but also uh, Nathaniel Hackett and some weird, you know, field goal at the end. I don't know. But Russell Wilson also fumbling the ball. What did you think of that Monday night football game? Geno Smith and the Seahawks beating the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Well, that game was electric. It had everything. Thank God Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were back on the call. I really missed them on Sunday. That's America's booth right there. Sorry, I loved Monday night football. It felt legit the for the first cast. time in forever because we didn't have some sports center crew doing the game. Uh, Russell Wilson, very excited to more and more people joining my team of anti-Russell Wilson over the years. It started as a small team, but we're green and we're growing, and it's it's a very enjoyable process. Are you calling Nathaniel yourself Hackett, the Bucks? Buddy. Hey, Grant. I would highly recommend, and I don't know if you listened to it or not, I thought it was a great listen. And someone else who also loves Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, like, big fan, would be one and only Aaron Charles Rogers. He sat down with Bill Maher for a podcast, a great podcast. It, all of the oh, heavy-hitting topics that you love and cherish so much <laughs> that Rodgers and Bill Maher dismantle the Fauci stooges and then also talk about the greatness of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I suggest you check it out, Graham. So I do love Buck and Aikman, and I'll add that to my list of things I have to do this week. Really quickly on Hackett, how wild is it being an NFL coach? I thought for the first Almost the entire game, up until the last few minutes, I actually thought Hackett did a really good job getting guys open. They were doing really good in the run game, making some easy throws for Russell Wilson. And, and then the last two minutes, he probably was standing there like, okay, what just? What did I just do? Oh, no. Like, out of out of nowhere. How, in, how insane is that? Like, before, Evo, before he probably even really realized what happened, he's like, wait, did we just do that? Oh, no. And he's going to get crushed today. I feel for him. I feel for him. But not for Russ. No, he's he weird. He's strange. What a weird yeah. man. Hey, Grant. You guys didn't want to ask me about the Badgers? I was really excited to oh. give you all my Badgers takes today. <laughs> give me give me one in less than 10 seconds. That is an evil laugh. Uh, it, it was really funny that they lost, and not surprising. <laughs> I feel bad for Ben and Zach. Grant, funny. we love you, buddy. We'll listen 4 to 6. Much love. Smooches. Mwah. And you are an Adonis, okay? Bye, you were cut from marble itself. Zeus cut you from marble <laughs> As a writer.
Howdy. Did you know on this day in history, 1996, rapper Tupac Shakur died at a Las Vegas hospital six days after he was wounded by a drive-by shooting at 25 years old. And you know what they call that, Ben? A troublesome 96. (laughs) Don't do this. It's one of the song titles. Yeah, I know it's one of the song titles, but if I responded, then you would continue to name 15 others. I don't think he's dead. I'm going to keep my head up that he's still alive. Uh, In fact, I said to my my mom, a big Tupac fan, I said, dear mama, he's still alive somewhere. But we just can't see me, can't see him. I think he's in Cuba. Yeah, who's this? Pauly did say on the Twitch stream, you know, Ben might be a, but he ain't mad at you. (laughs) I think he said he was one of his little homies. Soldier. Yeah, who's this on my one? Tupac, is that you? Hello? Hello? Evo. Hey, how's it going? What's up, brother? Oh, my God. Gavin, where the hell have you been? It's been like, (laughs) I don't even know how long it's been. Life away from all the crazies. How you doing, Evo? Ah, Wow. Um, I thought I was doing good, Gavin, but now I'm even better. I can't believe I got you on. What's good? What's up, dude? What's going on? Just fresh off uh, off that game last night, Ebo. Looks like uh, Nathaniel Hackett went to the Mike McCarthy School of uh, Clock Management. There, <laughs> hey, Mike McCarthy would have won the game for the Packers against the Vikings. Lafleur lost it for him, you know. Hey, Ebo. Yeah. Team didn't score a touchdown on uh, on Sunday. You want to guess which team that was? That was the Dallas Cowboys. Highly successful, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy, not long for the NFL world. We actually had this conversation yesterday with the uh, resident Cowboy fan in the office, and he was making fun of the Packers, and then Ebo came back with, yeah, but they still scored four more points than the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Fear for them cowgirls, guys. How we uh, how we feel on the on the the uh, Packer Raider? Like how nervous I'm are fine. we? After that I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine, dude. I'm fine. I'm, I'm cool I, as a cucumber. If they lose to the Bears and then they don't look good against the Buccaneers and they're sitting there zero and three, then they'll be two of America's I, most wanted. I'm Tupac gonna. Single. I will be throwing up the red We're flags. Ellie, I'm I'm there with you. I'm there with you. You cried so many tears. I, I saw something. I think it, uh, coming off of a loss, I think Lafleur. Well, he's undefeated, and I think the average margin of victory is like fourteen points. So I'm there with you, Nelly. They, they, if they don't beat the Bears handedly, I'm going to be a little nervous, guys. Oh, um, dude, they're going to truck the Bears. I saw a glimmer in Rogers' I mean, eye in the press conference. He's going to. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Well, your daddy is Aaron Rodgers, and he plays for the Packers, and he owns the Bears. Yeah, I'm nervous. Uh, it did make me nervous, though. Um, the Vikings, I. I think Mike Zimmer was holding them back on offense. And I got a good stat for you here, Ebo. Yeah. So yesterday, uh, the Vikings used uh, Jefferson in motion in a way they never had before. 60% of his targets came against linebackers and safeties. Five catches, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, Joe, if you want to go ahead and use your best cornerback and shadow Jefferson, maybe that's a good idea next time. I mean, you're giving Jair Alexander the bag. What the hell are you doing? Well, LaFleur was talking about it after uh, or yesterday at this press conference. Like, well, if you want us to change our whole schematics of the defense, then I guess we can do that. that that's laziness, Ebo. Yeah, the, the Jets, that's what the he Jets said. Did, the Jets did the same thing with Darrell Rivas. They played a zone scheme, but they would put Darrell Rivas on the other team's best wide receiver when they played teams that had an elite wide receiver. And, um, and if we you, called if that you Rivas Island. 
<laughs> yeah, if if you can't here. scheme your defense and, and adjust Gavin. and be flexible. Yeah, what's up, brother? Uh, oops, let me just pause the Tupac here. Listen to uh, Matt LaFleur really quick about why Jair Alexander wasn't shadowing uh, Justin Jefferson. Just take a listen. Yeah, if you want to change the structure of your defense, I mean, you could certainly do that. I think if you watch the game, just an F you answer. Many times throughout the course of that game where it wasn't just a single motion, it was a double motion. So now you're talking about trailing a guy, whatever it may be, but you would have to commit to man coverage. I don't know how else you get it done. There you go, Gav. Coverage of the whole team. You just have to do it with Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Teams have done this in the past. This This isn't new. You yeah, don't have could to you imagine though? If you could you imagine really if he did a triple motion because because the double was already too much here. I don't give a crap if it was a quadruple motion. I don't care how much <laughs> Justin Jefferson is moving. Jair Alexander is the guy that you're paying the big money to. He's the guy that follows Jefferson around, guys. It's a thing where as as fans we're watching that game in the first half and and everybody's just throwing up their arms like. Is anybody going to cover Jefferson? Right. Like, what, what are they doing here? Like, there's, there's no way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you can't. You can't have linebackers <laughs> or safeties on Justin Jefferson. You just can't do it. Yeah, um, so that that was the thing that made me nervous. It's just their inability to adjust. But then Kevin O'Connell too. That you know, I, I really I kind of feel I, I kind of equate this Ebo to the Packers with, and I you know I hate ripping on your boy McCarthy again. Well, but he's, towards he's, the yeah, end there, rip away. He's not my boy anymore. He's he's cow, cowgirls uh, now. Rip away. Yeah, toward towards the end there when that when the schemes had become stale and then they brought brought the Lafleur in and and everything changed. I, I feel like Mike Zimmer was holding the offense of the Vikings back a little bit. I think that's the one team that can challenge the Packers guys. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, and, I mean the Vikings are no schlaps. That's yeah, you know, Packers win the NFC North though, Gav. Come on, bro. I I still think so, Ebo. But you know, let, let's see let's see him dominate the Bears on Sunday night, and then I'll get back to you, Ebo. I, here's my promise to you, my friend. Yes. I'm going to get in every week during the Packers Thank season. You. I'll be calling you back after the Bears. Buddy. Gavin, I, mi- I miss you more than the desert misses the rain. So I'm so glad you're back, baby. We missed you, and I can't wait to talk weekly with you. Love it, Gav. Love it. Oh. I think you cut out, but it's perfect, perfect outro music because. Uh, from what it sounds like, I think a lot of people, including Gavin, they want to see some changes by the Packers defense. We'll even go with the Badgers. That's what I'm talking about, Rowdy. Ben, that was a reference to Tupac. That's this song. Now he's dead. You hear him? You ben, can you sing the chorus? No. Kind of, kind of sheepish now. Play clock at one. Pressure up the middle. Rogers in trouble, and he is sacked. It's the ex-Packers at Arius Smith. Some young guys played the first game. A lot to clean up. Is it hard to play quarterback when you're kind of unsettled back there? Nah. I've been unsettled for a long time. A lot of different games. We'll clean it up. It sucks. Tough feeling. But they're, good. they're a good team, for sure. They're not going to be a three or four win team. That's going to be a team that we're going to be contending with in this division. And we got to turn around, head home, Sunday night football against a 1 0 team. It's probably riding pretty high. And we got to have a better performance. Mike! I got Mike Clemens. Mike, I'm jamming, baby. I'm, I'm yeah. unsettled like Rodgers, but I'm still jamming. Uh oh. Yeah, actually, I heard that song in a club up in Minneapolis, and then when the Packers got blown out, I go, I know just the song I want to use to describe this 
mess. Mike, do we have breaking news? You were clubbing in Minneapolis? Uh, well, yeah. You know, yeah! My guy, my guy, my guy, Mike! No, no, it's not like I'm dancing for crying out loud. No, no, no. Mike, I'll go clubbing with you. Let's yeah, go. you know, meeting some folks up there and, and swapping football stories. But, you know, here, here's the deal. You, you fire Mike Pettin as a defensive coordinator, the Vikings pick him up and make him assistant head coach. And then Zadarius Smith, uh, one of your team captains, he blows out his back in the weightlifting room in the summer of 2021. Uh, and the t- the Packers doctor says, you're okay. Just let our trainers handle this. We'll go, we'll go chiropractor on this, and you should be fine. And he goes, you know, I'd like a second opinion. And his agent gets a doctor in L.A. who says, you know, Rob Gronkowski had the same thing. We extended his career. You know, let's let's take that care of that for you now. He gets the surgery, and he had, he says it put him at odds with the Packers. They like started ignoring him, yeah. not talking to him. And then, of course, they don't bring him back. They don't bring back a guy who just turned thirty last week with a bulging disc and pay him fifteen million. And he, you know, t- was in talks with the Ravens. But then he says when he talked to Daniel Hunter, and then his outside linebacker coach Mike Smith, he defected from the Packers over the Vikings. Rashawn Gary loved that guy, loved that guy. And they also sign a guy like, you know, Shannon Sullivan. I mean, the next thing you know, you know, you're, you're putting all this inside information and intel into the Vikings. So then, you know, Zadarius is all fired up. You know what a big personality is and a spark and something that gets the crowd going over there, you know, inside U.S. Bank Stadium as well. I thought one brilliant play that they did is, I mean, obviously the Vikings did their homework. In the preseason with this younger offensive line they've got, before they can get Bakhtiari or Alton Jenkins back, they've, they've promoted Jake Hansen from backup center to right guard. They think that he's really made nice progress in the last two or three years. I thought I saw him whiff on some blocks in the preseason. And then, sure enough, they send Zedarius not over Yash Nyman, who actually had a pretty good game. You know, you you notice they kept on running the football to the left-hand side? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because they know that Jake Hansen and Royce Newman are clearly seven out of eight times when they tried to run the football. Or... Or AJ Dillon, remember when they got stuffed? Yes. They went eight, they went eighty yards, and they get stuffed on a fourth and one. Yeah, you know, they run it to the left hand side. Vikings knew that. Zadarius knew that. He came around the end and grabbed, you know, Quadzilla from behind and prevented him from getting that uh, touchdown. So uh, uh, Zadarius lines up, and instead of trying to beat Yash Nyman, he lines up on the other side and he goes right for the right guard. Jake Hansen gets through, and that's when he clobbered you know, Aaron Rodgers and got the sack. And then on another play, the Packers have now given up on their straightforward running game. So they're, they're trying to do tricks like, you know, reverse end runs to the rookie, Romeo Dobbs, who's running off to the left-hand side. So there's Rodgers as the lead blocker on Zadarius Smith. And so Zadarius talked about that after the game. If you don't know, the cameras caught you after Aaron tried to block you and you guys stood up. Did you talk about that moment a little bit? Ah. The cameras are right on you guys. You know what? I was telling him he's not a blocker. Stay, be a quarterback. That's what you are. Um, he tried to block me. I think it was a reverse. Yeah, on the reverse, man. And I got a good chance to get a lick on him. But it's all good, man. It's still football. We're just having fun with it, man. Any words exchanged on that first act with him? Uh, with Aaron? Yeah. No, I just wanted to do my dog crawl. I haven't done it in a while. You know, uh, I had a chance to not play as much last year. But to get an opportunity to come back on the field is a blessing because 
six months ago, I thought football was over with for me. So to have this opportunity and have my coaches come here like Mike and uh, Pitt and great guys, man, and uh, Quasi for giving me the opportunity and the owners, man, they love me here. So I'm just happy and excited to be here, and I just can't wait. I did feel bad for Rodgers when he uh, threw that block and then he tried to get up the jaw at Zedarius and then he tripped and fell again. That's, mm, that, that, yeah. that's, that's tough when you're trying to talk some smack, Mike. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, what is the deal with 18 Justin Jefferson <laughs> running wide open? He's still open. He's still running open, Mike. Like he was invisible, like he had a red shirt on. Hey, you can't touch this guy. I mean, it was just it was crazy. I, even Justin Jefferson was kind of surprised. Now, they kept moving him around, but, you know, somebody asked him, how, how could nobody in the Packers cover him, like on that 64-yard catch and run? You're just open wide over the middle, and Kirk Cousins makes that beautiful step up, okay? He steps up into the pocket and then launches that ball to a wide-open Justin Jefferson, who was talking to reporters after the game. You talking about the wide open one? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really preparation. Uh, us running it, the play in practice all week, it left me wide open. So, I mean, we'll take the game, get some extra yards. And Were you surprised, surprised how open you were? <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of. Um, uh, when I caught the ball, I was definitely looking for somebody to be there. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> we'll take it, just like I said. You did. You, after you caught it, it looked like you took a second. Yeah, I, I was... I was Thinking somebody's about to come behind me and, and attack me. I thought uh, Jair kind of ran with me, but uh, he wasn't there. So uh, it kind of, you know, shook me up a little bit, and I, I'm glad I got an end zone right there. I mean, that's that's the thing that I like about our offense. Uh, I mean, we move we move so much. We, we we have so many players on our offense, you can't really stick with one player. Uh, and that's what I kind of like about our, our offense, our guys that's that's here. And uh, we just got to keep going, keep, keep getting better. A lot of scuttle about these past two days, Mike. Why was Jair Alexander not sh- shadowing Justin Jefferson when you give him all that money. Yeah, uh, and and after the game, Jair said, uh, first thing he said, you know what, I was asking for this earlier in the week, and they said, no, we're sticking with the zone. Uh, he just thought that he would be the guy to cover 18, shadow him wherever you want. So then they asked him about, you know, was there some confusion on a 36-yard touchdown when he's just wide open in crossing zones and then turns it up and takes it in the end zone practically untouched. Jair was asked, was there confusion when you're running the zone then? No, just miscommunication. Um, you know, I can tell specifically, like, on over routes, you know, on that over route that he scored, like, I should have stayed on him. I was expecting cut help and didn't get it and shouldn't have expected it. So, you know, I should have stayed on him on that one over. But, you know, we got to tackle and get him down. Was that zone? Zone, yeah, it was zone, yeah. We had a caller call in right before you Mike. It's like, you make it work, though. You make it work. Why can't you do it? Well, so if you're in a zone, it's in it for a reason. It's because you're not going to let anybody burn you deep. But even so, you know, it was just, I, you know, you see 18 go in motion and then line up and stand there right by the left tackle and – Joe Barry's got a defense where, for some reason, his rookie inside linebacker, number seven, Quay Walker, is in that area. And now you got the rookie Quay Walker against Justin Jefferson for, you know, what? That's a mismatch. Somebody call a timeout, right? So you ask Matt LaFleur last night after he'd seen the tape of the game can't Joe Barry make a change in the game, at least have Jair cover Justin Jefferson one on one? Yeah, if you want to change the structure of your defense, I mean, you could certainly do that. 
there were many times throughout the course of that game where it wasn't just a single motion, it was a double motion. So now you're talking about trailing a guy, whatever it may be, but you would have to commit to man coverage. I don't know how else you get it done. It wasn't like there was these new plays, you know, in either of those phases that came up. It was just there were plays that, for whatever reason, the communication was off and the execution was off, and then we got guys covering for another guy, and then that's how bad things happen. Well, they practice, right, Mike? I'm like, why was it so hard and tough for their defense to do this? Somebody's screwing up. <laughs> Somebody's not making the adjustment to compensate for that. There's, There's got to be one. I don't know if it's Darnell Savage. You know, it's, it's like I was telling Bill Michaels, it's like you got a game of Clue going on. Which one? Here's what I did notice, though. When you go back over the tape of the game and I start kind of logging plays, first and 10 from the 23, Kirk Cousins deep pass to Justin Jefferson for 64 yards. First and 10 from the 36, Kirk Cousins deep pass to Jefferson for a 36-yard touchdown earlier in the game. First and 10, Kirk Cousins short pass left to Mont. Third and five, he hit Jefferson over the middle. But a lot of these first and second, you know where you know what this defense is doing and first down, they're in their run set. You don't see any pressure on the quarterback. You see Dean Lowry and Kenny and those guys holding up the gaps. You know why? Because they think Delvin Cook is coming through. And so you know you got Kevin O'Connell saying he knows this, so he's doing these motions or double motions, which really screws up the zone. And on top of that, he's throwing the ball on first and second down, which, which stresses the defense, which is pretty much set for, to try and stop Cook. And now they've got to make that quick transition into pass play. And then you talk to LaFleur about, you know, when they, when they run those double motions and you're still stuck with zone in the game, that's hard to cover. If a guy goes in motion, it's more than just one guy covering that guy. Now you're talking about 10 other guys changing their responsibilities, possibly, if you're in a zoning defense, which you don't really see that. I think they did a great job game planning, you know, and, and moving Jefferson around. And they put him in some opportune spots. And there were certain coverages where they're going to have the advantage on. I mean, we're layman's over here, Mike, but we were saying, what's the game plan, you know, talking about on Friday? It's like, well, stop Justin Jefferson. Maybe met Adam Thielen or Delvin Cook, contained them stop Justin Jefferson. I mean, no one stopped Justin Jefferson. No, no, no one handed it off. There seemed to be some kind of confusion going on. And you know, don't forget Jerry Gray too. He, these the Vikings know him because before he came to Green Bay and became the secondary coach, he worked in Minnesota for seven or eight years. You go to Adrian Amos, the, the veteran, and say, look, how frustrating is this that you know the last time you played in U.S. Bank Stadium. J.J. goes for 160 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and now he, he goes for over 180 yards, and he would have had a third touchdown if his feet had been kept in, and Amos was asked about that frustration. Um, the frustration is that we lost, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and we let up 23 points, so, um, and, and that's, that's where we got to be better. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we got we to gotta find a way to, to limit, you know, Two of those big plays, and it's a way closer game, way different game at the end. If we if we eliminate two big plays that you know would were, were basically bust, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, one by me for sure. Um, whereas um, I could make that play, I won't call it bust, but it's a play that I should make. 
and then um, you know what I'm saying another one we got somebody running free and um, like I said when that when it's the when it's the back end that you know I look at myself to where it's you know what I'm saying you know we can all be prepared better um, well I can't even say prepared better we just got to execute better we got to be better yeah I mean there's no doubt about that and uh, Mike on the Packers side of things. There's another wide receiver who could have popped off his first play. It could have been Christian Watson with a bomb ski, 75 yards, but he uh, dropped it. He lines up wide right. He goes up against 32-year-old Patrick Peterson, the Vikings' corner. You know, a lot of things in this game was everybody keeps on thinking, well, they're going to run the ball more now that they don't have. I told you that last week. They're only keep it, they're, when they're only keeping two running backs, they're not going to run the ball. And A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones only touched the ball combined 23 times, both either as receivers or as ball carriers. No, it's Aaron Rodgers and wide receivers. So they line up number nine to see if he – and it could have been a 75-yard touchdown, and Aaron talked about how that went. I mean, he knew this was going to be growing pains. This is the real football. You know, it counts. It's different. There's nerves. I thought Christian ran a great route to start the game. You know, we talked about it during the week. Do you really want to start off with a bomb shot? I said, yeah, what the hell, why not? You know, this kid can really fly. Let's give him a chance. I was teasing Patrick after the game that we got him. He said, yeah, I wasn't quite warmed up yet, but uh, we got to make those plays. The majority of, we, you know, obviously Fox, I used to do a few times on the sideline. You were a little frustrated. Was it the mistakes? Is that the main thing that, uh, at that point that really bothered you? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously it would be great to have a 75 yard touchdown to start the game, but drops are going to happen. It's part of the game. It's the mental stuff that we just can't have because we're hurting ourselves, whether we're going the wrong way on a block or, or you know, missing the protection something or missing a hot or not running the right route, the right depth. There was just too many, uh, too many mental mistakes. Uh, it's... It's different when it, it's real, I guess. You know, it, I know for me, you feel it, it feels different, and and the urgency goes up. But uh, hey, love to be sitting here uh, with very few mental mistakes in the first game, because then that eliminates you guys the opportunity to write about playing in the preseason or <laughs> any of that stuff. But the truth is, I mean, we're professionals, so there's an expectation of performance, and it starts with preparation. And there was just too many. Uh, preparation issues. It was surprising. Mike, no rookie stuff for you. The all-time vet. You ready for Lambeau, Chicago Bears, Sunday night football? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and then the Bears put on, played bear football in the rain against the 49ers. Impressive. So, you know, you've got these franchises coming after Green Bay, coming after that guy right there, Aaron Rodgers. So they'll have their work cut out for them. Mike, if they did have a club in Green Bay, I would love to do it Sunday night with you, but alas, they do not. We soldier on, though, Mike. We love you, Mike. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. <laughs> See you, buddy. There is Mike Clemens on Twitter. Mike Clemens NFL. Good stuff. Final segment. Real quick, Rowdy. Could you imagine Clemens clubbing? Downtown I think there is a club up there in the area. Yeah. In Appleton. Oh. Hey, Ben. Have you ever heard of Bean Snappers? Do you know what it is? No. Ask Bill to take you there sometime. Yeah, ask Bill to take you to Bean Snappers. 